Chapter 1 Earlier that summer In Manhattan, Mace Carlyle stepped out of the door of the Dakota, where he lived, and looked at the new day, a perfect early summer day, the temperature just right, he thought. Perhaps not at six o'clock in the morning, but certainly by nine o'clock, just three short hours away, and the day would be bright and sunny, with marshmallow clouds moving lazily across the sky. The trees in Central Park would whisper and do their dance for all the tourists, dog walkers and joggers, trying to take advantage of the golden day. May stood a few minutes more to savor the early morning air before he walked to the curb and hailed a taxi. He could have driven, but today was a secretive kind of day, a day when he didn't want to be followed or watched, a Mace Carlisle day. He was headed to the office of his lawyer, Oliver Goldfeld. Oliver was the only other person he knew who arrived at his office by 6.30, just the way he, Mace, did. For over twenty years, the two men had convened for coffee and Danish at Oliver's office two days a week to discuss Mace's affairs. It was something Mace looked forward to, because he always seemed to have a good day after meeting with Oliver. Oliver and Mace weren't just lawyer and client. They were friends in the true sense of the word. While Mace wasn't Oliver's only client, he was his biggest and richest client. In fact, most of Oliver's clients had signed on with Oliver because of Mace's endorsement of the lawyer. Goldfeld and Associates was an eight-man law firm whose specialty was corporate law. It was 6.25 when Mace stepped out of the elevator and walked to the plate glass doors he knew would be open. No one else would be in the offices yet, so they would have the place to themselves. The reception room was neither lavish nor shabby. There were shiny green plants and a lot of mahogany. The lighting was subdued and the carpeting soft. Once, years ago, Mace had told his friend that he needed to slick up the place, and this was the result. Mace looked up at the sound of footsteps coming down one of the halls. He fixed a smile he wasn't feeling onto his face and moved forward. Some people meeting both men for the first time might take them for brothers, or at least close relatives. Both men were tall, six, two, and three. Both weighed in at 170 or thereabouts. Both liked to dress in custom-cut Savile Row suits. Both had gray hair, and both had summer blue eyes, even at their age, which was in both cases 60. Both had hawkish noses and strong chins, they had both been bachelors until three years ago, when Mace had gone off the rails and married his masseuse, a marriage he had regretted the moment he returned from his Hawaiian honeymoon. Oliver led the way to his private conference room, where he already had two containers of Dunkin' Donuts coffee and a bag of sugary donuts sitting on the table. Your turn next week, Mace, he said as he handed over napkins and paper plates. Shouldn't you be serving this on fine china with all the money I pay you? Mace grumbled. Oliver laughed, a great booming sound. <laughs> Mace, you say that every time we picnic here in the conference room. One of these days, I'm going to surprise you and haul in some fine china just for you. Spit it out, buddy. You look like hell, by the way. I feel like hell. Where's Andrew? I thought you said he wanted to sit in this morning so he could do a hatchet job on me. Andrew was the firm CPA and a lawyer in his own right. It's his turn to carpool this morning. 
I don't know what more he can say except to say it in person. I faxed his report to your office. You need to get rid of her, Mace, before she does a number on you from which you cannot recover. Wall Street is already rumbling, but then you know that. I have the divorce papers drawn up. They just have to be filed and served on her. I did the restraining orders for her and her son. You hired that weasel, and he's biting you big time. The eviction notice is prepared and ready to be served. The thing is, I want you out of here, far away when all this goes down. Tell me you understand, Mace. I understand. Did she really divert $27 million to her own bank? I almost lost my lunch when I read that. Yes, yes, I know I never should have put her son in charge of the legal department. Look, I was stupid, okay? I'm sorry I didn't listen to you. I admit to being the biggest fool to walk the face of the earth.